this show could go five years and that's still going to be one of the best <laughs> intros you're going to see in podcast shows, football shows, fantasy football. <laughs> we hit it hard. Welcome to That Helps No One Fantasy Cast on the Dean Blendell Network. We are joined by a very, very special guest. And I know he's very humble and he'll say, oh, is it? we've got Mr. Jim Coventry from Rotowire and Sirius XM. He's, uh, he's kind of double tasking. He's multitasking right now. He's doing a one day Thanksgiving day draft and we're going to basically steal all that info off air so that we can also succeed as well. Um, obviously my boys are with me as well. Chris is out this week, unfortunately, but he sends his best. Uh, but first and foremost, Jim, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming back. Always excited to be here. I remember last year, got to hang out with you guys. Totally love it. Happy you guys invited me anytime. Happy to come by. It just happens to be a very busy day for you. That's all. You've I've been kind of picking through all day at work, and you've kind of had a few shows going on there, and I keep missing out. I got work stuff to do. But, uh, I mean, Jim is everything in, and all things football. And, uh, Jim, you kind of gave us a, a fun fact before the show started. We, I, you know, everybody knows you for football. But, again, what were you doing before you were just like the be-all for, for football? <laughs> Public school teacher, high school English. It, it it makes sense. It makes sense. Steve's championing that cause right now, as we can see. And how can uh, you not? Uh, well, oh, it's, well, <laughs> so he's he went from teaching kids to teaching adults on how to play <laughs> on how to draft fantasy teams. Um, you guys, this is going to be a very special episode. As we've said before, we have sent out the link earlier. If you guys want to ask questions, uh, we will definitely get to them. You can go to our YouTube page and ask some questions there. As I think we even have. We did add the PP1 podcast as far as their YouTube as well. So we've got a few places where you can comment along. So feel free to come in. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to still do our normal thing as well. So first and foremost, it's been a, a fun week 11. Um, Andy Reid had a message for all of his men. Steve, uh, do you remember uh, what Andy Reid had to say? It seemed like things are kind of getting hyped up in, in Kansas City there uh man why can i not find it I, i've been scrolling through. do you have it in front of you ryan i don't and i i forgot oh, that there was going to be a clip so he seemed pretty jacked up you you work on that i'm going to work on uh the mic thing don't work. Okay. i'm not good i can find i can multitask so um, we're gonna ted go sorry you had something to say there ted no i saw i thought no. i saw your lips working there so no, i'm all um, i'm all good so there's if you were bull commit the last couple weeks have been very good for you. If you were mean, you drafted him, and you said three weeks ago, I'm done with this guy. I'm done with the Bears. You've been burnt. Uh, Cole Komet seems like he's going to be a legitimate target going forward throughout the rest of the fantasy season, which blows for me because I got rid of him in the league that matters. Um, thankfully, I have George Kittle, which seems to be working out quite well um, as of this week. <laughs> So um, I'm sure Jim probably could have told us, yeah, it's it's the resurgence is coming. Jim, did you see this coming? So it was all about how the Bears ran their offense. In the preseason, we actually saw fields on the move, which would open up Komet, and they connected on a couple of occasions. It was the offense I expected. But then weeks one through three or four, the Bears went to this archaic offense where they weren't allowing designed runs by fields. Therefore, the defense could play the passing game straight, and that was problematic. Komet wasn't open. 
obviously, once they went back the fields moving, now everybody's open because it freezes your linebackers and your safeties. When they know that threat of an explosive running quarterback is there, it opens the whole field up. And that's why Komet is thriving. So basically, you drafted him well in the data you had. But then when it changed, we got the rug pulled out. And then we never expected a Chicago organization to put the rug back in. That's unlike a Chicago organization. That's uh, it's kind of like going to like the British thing. Like I sell flooring. So usually what you see out in England is they take their floors with them and then they put them in their next place. So basically this is the Chicago bears version of uh, taking your floor with you. Speaking of the bears, this was a bachelor party this weekend. Um, all these guys <laughs> dress up as Mike Ditka for the, <laughs> went to the bears Falcons game. That is commitment to a T. I mean, even I'm sure there's a few guys in there that struggled with a mustache, but. Wow, absolutely awesome. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I dislike the Bears, but I could only hope to be part of something that cool. <laughs> grilled meats of the beer. It must have been an occasion. <laughs> I know, Jim, you're probably a little bit. I mean, you, you got rid of all, of all of, you know, your goodness there. Is it coming back? So, little story. Why not, right? I, I usually yes. don't talk about myself. So, the hair needed to go forever. It was horrible. But my wife says, I want hair on your head. Well, my daughter comes to the rescue. Is like, let him cut his hair. And in a moment of weakness, she relented. So that went, right? Well, then this was left. It was scary. It was borderline scary. It had to go. That's why it went. It looked scary. Like okay. scary because of like intimidation? or No, 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 like, no, no. Scary like, like uh, put this guy um, up, a picture up on the wall because we're looking for Registry him. kind yeah. of stuff, yeah. Yes, that's what I didn't <laughs> want to say. Did not want to say that on the air. So thank you. Thank you. Someone thank you else can say it was safer, right? Yes. <laughs> like, do like, not think less you, Jim. Those are our words. Sorry, sorry yes. Steve. I just said he wouldn't be allowed to go back teaching, essentially. <laughs> that, okay, <laughs> that, that works, that works, that works. So... Um, anyway, Cole Komet, I'm a little bit upset, but you know what? That's okay. My five and six team, we're we're the the tortoise basically in this race, and I have a shot to make you shake your head now. Today's big news with uh, Daryl getting out of our our my one of my favorite cities, Los Angeles. He's he's leaving. They sent him on his way. Um, it's Cam Akers season, baby. Jim, Ryan, if you had five I, cam makers on your team, you're still I'd not still doing it. I need validation though. Jim, how, how like is it gonna are they gonna start running literally the offense through cam makers, or is this like kind of false security that I'm seeing here? Kyron Williams season, guys. Damn Kyron. it. Okay. Kyron. He played 55% of the snaps on Sunday. Uh, they're integrating him in. See, the problem is that they have no explosiveness in their offense. If they use Williams as a receiver out of the backfield, that gives him a chance to get there. Now, I know Akers played well the other day, but we saw an exponential increase in Kyron Williams' usage. Akers is going to have usage too, but I think ultimately they're going to need Williams more than they're going to need Akers. And so I hmm. think that's how it ends up shaking. But they're both going to have useful. But it, with PPR, I, I think we're going to see Williams with some seven catch games. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of receptions out of him. Is that just anybody's wondering points? Yes, there it is. Is that just more of like a, a skill set thing, or is like, is it a Cam Makers isn't a good running back thing, or is it a we don't want to be wrong and we're going Williams thing? Like, how does that work? I think that Cam Akers is healthy from the Achilles, but I don't think his explosiveness returned. That's the problem. 
because what we saw earlier in the year, the offensive line we say is bad, but they're really bad in pass blocking. Their run blocking has actually been a better than the pass blocking, and there was room to run. But Akers was never getting the first person to miss, never getting into the second level. It was As soon as he was hit, he was going down. And that's the problem they face. So I don't know if it's another year to let explosives come back, if it is coming back at all. But that is what I see as the whole problem. Hmm. That sucks. I I appreciate your honesty. That's uh, you gave me way too much good information that doesn't apply to me. So that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> but what what can you do when you when you have terrible fantasy teams? What can you? You know, have? I love that you kept him, and I love that he's still on your roster after all this time. That's just commitment. I think it's one of those it's not things commitment, where... but it's commitment. Oh, <laughs> that was that was well played. That was well played. Very, very well played. I figure like I'm in this deep. If I kept him as a keeper from last year, I, I'm going to see it out at least. And I mean, worst case scenario is I'm wrong, and I, I you know put him to pasture after this season. And he's never going to know. We're never going to cross paths. It's not going to matter. So I think uh, I'm, I'm going to continue the Cam Akers experiment until uh, until it really doesn't matter anymore. Um, Cordero Patterson sets the NFL record with his ninth kickoff TD. Um, that's pretty awesome. Uh, again, a guy that uh, I, I've been a big fan of. I've championed him since pretty much since day one before the show even existed. So I want to get that on record. Um, so much so that it didn't keep them this past year. For you got to love it when you like when they have those guys, like the freaky humans, I call them. That, but like yeah. you get teams that use them properly. So I mean, that's, yeah. that's pretty fun stuff. I'm yeah, starting no. to see trend here, Ryan. Like if you tell us somebody is good, we just have to wait like five or six years or like <laughs> a, a prolonged amount of time. And inevitably, like you every once in a while, you know, you shoot blindfolded into the dark and you're going to hit your target, right? This yeah. is the Ryan like analogy, like, hey guys, just so you know, Cordell Patterson, big, big fan of him. Seven, eight <laughs> years goes by and they're like, I told you, I, yeah. I knew this was going to happen. Like, it's so yeah. funny too. Like that was such a specific example. I'm like, I have believed in this guy for so long. You could pick him up and drop him, pick him up yeah. and drop him. And then I don't know I'm like, no, I think this is going to be. And then obviously he blows up last season. I'm like, I told you guys, like, how were you not listening? Because we've all moved on and there are other players that have been better since then. So it's some, you know, you play the long game eventually. Uh, <laughs> when this guy's twenty. When he's 29 years old, he is going to hit guaranteed. Yeah, how about 30? Yeah, he's going to fall off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah, he'll be he'll be 29. Yeah, exactly. He'll be 29, and he won't be playing the same position that you thought he was going to play. Exactly. We're going to have him Taysom Hill style. Um, Jim, now we're all in Canada. We've already had our Thanksgiving. That's one of the nice things about Canada is we get things first. Um, You know, it's. But you know what? You guys you guys do it better than we do. So you've got, I mean, what a better way to spend a day than watch football from the time you wake up, essentially, on our side anyway, until the time you go to sleep. So um, you're doing a draft right now for this. But, like, what what consists of, of you know, Jim's Thanksgiving Day? What is what is the feast like? What, you know, do you get the whole family together? Are you relied upon to do anything? Or are you allowed, because it's your job, to just <laughs> watch football the entire day as as you know, a work strategy. You know, it's funny because it's work for me. And because I'm technically on Thanksgiving, like Thursday's my day off. 
I have to watch it between the cracks. I TiVo the games and I have to watch them late because the casual fan gets away with watching that on Thanksgiving. But for me, it's like, are you working on your day off on a holiday? So, yeah, I have to actually um, hope that other people turn it on. But otherwise, I got to catch the games late. So actually, for me, it, it, it's kind of backwards. You think I'm the guy that's all about the football that day. I'm about not wanting to get called out. Mm, there's accusations that get thrown around. I see what happens here. He's always working. Yeah. So, so that's when you do the whole, like, you, like, very, like, pick and choose which houses you're going to for Thanksgiving because you know the game's going to be on. But that had nothing to do with you. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah, the stealth mode plan. Okay, that's well, very clever. We won't, we won't tell anybody. I, I'm pretty sure that. We'll be Our fine. circles don't cross. Me. We're good. We're good. <laughs> um, so like, what is, what's your like top three for food for Thanksgiving? Like what, what hits, what hits the top tier for you? So I'm, I like this thing called cheesy corn casserole. Uh, basically is what it is. It's cornbread, cheddar cheese, onions, corn, beautiful, beautiful side. And I then this is, but wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking how this is possible <laughs> and I want to know. <laughs> so that's one and then really i just old school stuffing like regular like you know turkey stuffing love that and then we have the sweet potato casserole you, you eat something that's sweet and you can't eat up even more yeah can't really argue with that interesting choices i, I don't know like i i got i saw one of the ravens people that i follow a lot she posted that about like you know what are what are the top three dishes and I've got to go like savory, savory, savory. Like I want stuffing. It's the one overall pick. I like it's undisputed. One overall has to be stuffing. And then I went a little off the rails there. I I went uh, went cranberry sauce just because hmm. my wife a really good cranberry sauce. And then uh, I went mashed potatoes only because like. You got to have something to like put on top of the dinner rolls and stuff like that. I know Ted's not, we're going to mute him right now because when it gets <laughs> to potato conversation, he's uh, a bit of a child and he doesn't have a palate for it. So um, Ryan, what about you? <laughs> I mean, so my uh, things have changed for me food wise in the last you know, six or so years. So went on a bit of a, a healthy kick and, you know, cut out some things, tried to cut some weight and, I, I wasn't, uh, the, you know, the the person I need to be. So started figuring out how food needed to go. So I wasn't overeating like I used to, which I do miss a little bit. I'm not eating 60 or 50 wings at a time and, and feeling comfortable. I get to like 20 and I'm like, okay, my day's over. Um, but I, I still, I'm, I mean, turkey's still, turkey's still the be all end all for me. Uh, my wife has introduced... Um, uh, broccoli and um, cauliflower cheese casserole with like the French's onions on top, which aren't. Oh, onions. okay. I thought you were just going for broccoli here, and I yeah. was very turned like, off for a this minute. This is it sounds not. A lot better. No, no, no. So this this is like now a staple in our extended family. So she makes this huge casserole, like tons of cheese, and then the crispy onions on top. And I mean, even our kids go crazy for it. So you know, it's a winner. Um, that would definitely be my number two, which is weird because that wouldn't have normally been something I would have said tears up for me. Um, and then, I mean, how do you not go with mashed potatoes and gravy? Like, 
I mean, it, it, it covers it covers the land. You've got the gravy waterfall coming in. You can cover your entire plate, dipping left, right, and center. It's, I mean, it's a winner every single day of the week. It's a double winner on Thanksgiving, <laughs> and you just you go into your little food coma after you're done. You get to, you know, I like the dark meat for turkey because I can probably eat a little bit more of that. Obviously, white meat is a little more drier, so I like to mix it in. Um, but oh my goodness, yeah, that absolutely and ted you're so wrong on anything you're about to say about uh mashed potatoes and that's fine um we're allowing opinions here that's fine we're you know but, <laughs> Sounds uh, like it. yeah so <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna mute you regardless of what you'd say about mashed potatoes but <laughs> that would be my big three i think so and then uh i i'm one of those weird people that i don't really do d- like like the pie desserts and i and you can hate me all you want it's just it's a thing i have a weird palate I don't really do pies, but I do like the treat, like the squares and those type of things. So in a different way, again, I, I made I make up for it with the mashed potatoes. I lose your confidence um, pretty much after that. So sometimes it's really hard being your friend, like on a good day, but then you go and say dumb things and it's live on air for everybody to make fun of you. That's fair. That's, fair. It, that's, that's almost as dumb as Ted attempting to say something slanderous about mashed potatoes and you know what i haven't i haven't said anything you know what we're good friends here and we've allowed this we had this on our food show a little while back um ted i'm gonna give you some free reign for like 60 seconds if you'd like to say anything about the mashed potato game or you know if you want to throw in some different foods that's fine too uh pro tip if you don't eat mashed potatoes you don't have to go into a food coma after that's it that's all. That's all you got. I, 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 there's been so much slander said about mashed potatoes. I don't have to say anything else. I think we're You're all people know where I stand on when it comes to mashed potatoes. But I'm a dark meat guy. I gotta That's have right. my stuffing. That's paramount. Steve knows this. We're on the same page with that. I don't like cranberry, but my big thing is that I love the ham on Thanksgiving, and we do the big maple glaze spiral ham. That's where I'm mm. at with it for sure. Okay. And if I have to have something that resembles mashed potatoes, it's 100% squash or yams. No kidding. Okay. So I mean, here's the problem like with it. you right now is uh, jim's probably the only smart one in here because i saw him like nodding when he's ryan said going into a food coma so there's a couple (laughs) days of the year where it's not actually encouraged but it's mandatory to go into food comas and thanksgiving is one of those like Mm, yes eat eat all you want the 300 and i don't know 62 other days of the year why are we limiting ourselves here? Like, oh, let's not eat mashed potatoes because one day I might be uncomfortable. I don't, I don't not eat mashed potatoes on Thanksgiving because I don't want to go into a food coma. I'm just like a straight up not mashed potatoes guy. That's all it is. I was just giving you a pro tip. If you happen to not eat it, you might feel a little better. This is getting edgy. This is getting edgy. I was like, <laughs> I thought I was coming here for football talk. Like, but at Jim, Steve time, is yeah. also my neighbor, so I might have to look out for eggs on my house now. But yeah, <laughs> I know where you live. I can provide those eggs. I'm sure I could figure some something out there. We'll do it by uh, by proxy, I guess. So um, we're going to talk about football, and I mean, let's let's just get into the absolute main segment of the day. Everybody knows it. Everybody loves it. Welcome to Thanos Stars. Love it, love it. I've been working on some. I've been fo- I've been working on some new sounds like Ross from Friends, but uh, not we're not quite there yet. Hopefully, anybody got that reference. I hope somebody yelling pivot or <laughs> no, like remember the sound like <laughs> and it's done. So yeah, on his keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Oh, nobody yeah. said anything, so I was just hoping you guys knew. So um, 
first and foremost, let's go with you know what, Steve. I would like I would like to hear who is your Thano for this week. Um, well, we were talking about uselessness in LA, and it just so happens to be that there was somebody who really helped no fantasy owners coming out of LA this week. Uh, he had a really, really big bomb of a touchdown. Like, saw the score alert show up on you know the ticker, your phone, wherever, and you were like, "Oh, right, that guy still plays football." Our, I, he was on this show last year. I'm pretty sure it's when the all-name team started, you know, becoming a regular segment with us. We got Tutu Atwell coming in uh, for that helps no one. Real football player. From the 38-yard line, off the fake to Akers, Stafford going deep. It is caught. Atwell, touchdown! 62 yards. It's not Kyron Williams' season. It's not Cam Akers' season. Cup can't have two at well season. You know, it would have been funny if they wouldn't have even had like a, a drawing photo for him in the corner, like just like a photo unavailable or something like that. Like, <laughs> a circle with some initials in it. Yeah, that's how much we forgot. Like, oh, insert name player here or something like that. That would have been awesome. Like, I know the announcers got it, but my favorite part is when, like, they they score the touchdown, and you can just like hear the 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 papers rustling in the background. They're like, "Get me me over here! What is this guy?" I was talking to I guess talking to a guy at work, and he's like, "Oh, did you watch like he's like Did you watch the Rams game? Did you see the tattoo at well?" He kept calling him a tattoo, and like I just I'm just not going to correct it. I love it, right? I'm going to hear for the tattoo at well. Haley Atwell. And Agent Carter. There you go. There yeah, you perfect. Go. Perfect. He's, he's Carter now. He's Carter. <laughs> so in all seriousness, with that touchdown, when I was predicting this game, I said that we have a good chance that Van Jefferson would have a long pass because the pass rush, the two top pass rushers for New Orleans were out. They were down a corner. I go, they finally will have time for a deep shot. I didn't see it going to the other dude. I saw it going to Van Jefferson. You, you had like yeah. nine and a half out of 10 things right. And that other half things, nobody was going to call that. Hence exactly. The show. Um, yeah, Jim, nice how's your draft too. going? How's the draft uh, going? I'm, in, I'm almost done, actually. I got two wrap picks. I'm doing like my second to last one right now. Okay. Well, we're going to do Ted first because I was going to go to you first, but I don't want you to ruin draft. I want you to win. And you're going to share your winnings uh, with us if you do. So. Nice. Um, I like that. I like that. Yeah, it's, you know, we got to put that out there publicly. Ted, who is your Thano this week? Oh, he's on mute. We'll just. <laughs> That's the way that goes, right? There we go. He's, I don't know. So we're going We're going back to, to Cincinnati for this one. Uh, we're going to go with Stanford alumni, Trenton Irwin. Oh, I've heard of him. Burrow. Throw it. End zone. Caught in the end zone for a touchdown. That's Trenton Irwin. They're just reminding you so yeah. you know. 
Yeah, I love it how like we says it's almost like a question. It's like that's Trenton Irwin. Is that who like, is? so good? Yeah. But he's getting. He seems to be getting some targets. Obviously, there's some injuries there, um, especially like on the receiver side of the ball. But Irwin's like a big guy. They seem to like involve him in the offense. And he had a play a little earlier in the game where he sort of caught a ball and it looked like he was running to the sidelines. And then he sort of stepped like he was going out and then stepped back, and the defender just kind of blew right by him and he ran up the sidelines for like another couple of yards. Pretty vet play for a for a guy that doesn't really get a whole lot of action so it's kind of fun to see that so you guys are afc north peeps um those jerseys are fire though right the Bengals, the all white those are dope i i like that they went with the all white hat i thought that was kind of the whole white tiger thing was kind of fun but i, I mean i, I can it. appreciate that the zigfrieds they should call them or the roys or something like that steve it's you're like the pick. one the one red shoulder would be pretty sharp i think That'd be something. Okay, I'll give you that, Steve. What do you think? They're just annoying. They're, <laughs> them. they're like they're trying to be like the new Steelers. Like they, their whole persona there is like we want to be the new bad boys of the AFC North, and then they come out with like these pretty all white jerseys. Like pick pick something, pick an identity that you're gonna stick with and go with it. Like I guess their identity this year is like we're gonna go from Super Bowl to not in the playoffs, but whatever you want to do. You go for it, since maybe, maybe they need the Bumblebee jerseys, but in orange. Way to toe the line, Steve. I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> maybe they need like Tony the Tigers or something like that. Like these jerseys are great. <laughs> uh, see, like that. I I come around every now and then. Uh, Jim, who is your Thano this week? So it's Demarcus Robinson of the Baltimore Ravens. This guy had not posted a 76-yard game. It was, I was actually 76 was his highest yardage since week three of 2019. He Good comes minutes. up with 128 yards, playing with Patrick Mahomes for his much of his career, and he can't beat 76 yards in three years. But he comes in with Lamar Jackson, team that passes for, what, 170 yards a game, 180 a game, and he puts up a buck 28. But now he had a 64-yard game two weeks earlier, but everybody thought that was a fluke. Guess not. Let's check out the clip. Got plenty of cold stories for you. Oh, what a catch. Robinson on the run. And Robinson down to the 15 of Carolina. Keith Taylor saves a touchdown, but a 30-yard game. These are just double slants on the outside, and it was like a five-step slant. So this is one of those rare times where there isn't a touchdown at the end of the clip. That's that's how much like he helped, but he also didn't really he helped. He had a massive day fantasy wise, but he didn't even score. And like what like seriously, like he didn't even help like the people that are looking for a score. Like, I'll get you I'll get you twelve and a half points, but uh, I'm not gonna give you an extra six. So. I know uh, I know Steve is a big Ravens guy, obviously, but little known fact, Jim. Ryan is a big Demarcus Robinson truther six or seven years ago. Uh, and apparently, he's finally popped, so he's right on cue. I so good it. on you, Ryan. He's <laughs> playing the long game. At a way. At a way, kid. He's on my way, waiver wire pickups for the week. So, um, A fun little fact about that one is uh, if you were paying attention to the clip, he gets the catch, and he almost almost pulls the Chase Claypool, and I was losing <laughs> my mind at the TV because, like, the game was not pretty by any means whatsoever. I was no, like, no. my wife came and she's like, it's three, nothing. Like, haven't you been watching this for a while? Don't they count by like a minimum of three when they do something right? And he almost does like 
the Claypool. And I was like, you idiot. There's only 20 <laughs> seconds left. Like, go spike the ball, do something. Don't showboat you moron. And he didn't. So that was okay. <laughs> um, I went back to, uh, it feels like we're doing throwbacks today. Throwback Tuesday. Uh, anybody remember Matt Breda? Anybody? Anyone? Anybody out there? So, you know, he's with the Giants now. He is 5% rostered, 1% started. I would love to know the person, the person, because that 1% has to be one person. It can't even be a percentage. Um, I'd love to know who started him. He had three run attempts for 13 yards. One of them allowed a touchdown in there, and then he had one catch for 16 yards. Uh, it was it was a tough week for Thano, but uh, we still managed to find these guys. Matt Breda. Matt Breda gets it up the middle. He's in for the touchdown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even the clip was didn't help anybody. It was cloudy. It was gross. It's just <laughs> that's pretty much how that day went. So. Um, yeah, really nothing to, to brag about. It was a tough one this week. Like I was scouring through, um, that I told you guys about like the NFL touchdown, uh, uh, Twitter, uh, account there. So it goes over every touchdown, which is kind of nice. It's, it's my quick, it's my quick rotowire, Jim. I'm sorry, but, uh, <laughs> some, sometimes I, I, my brain just goes to a certain area and I just got to run with it. Um, it was mostly the names, you know, this past week. So there really wasn't much to pick from. I mean, you could probably get picky on a few of the names you do know, but my goodness, if you're trying to go off the board, this was a tough week. And I mean, I thought that was what week uh, six, I think, was the really tough week when, you know, all hell broke loose. But this was a tougher week if you're looking for guys that absolutely sucked. So, or helped anyway, I guess. We're just looking for guys that were terrible. Anybody that was terrible this week? Anybody? Anybody, put up your hands, please. Put up your hands, please. Yeah, it was uh it was a pretty tough go, unfortunately, but that's that's how this sport works. So um Jim, what did you notice from this past week? Like was there anything that kind of you know tweaked your interest that you're thinking like, yeah, I don't know if I liked what I saw this week, but it should go back to normal next week? Yes, one thing that I really noticed, and this is gonna be critical for DFS probably more than season long, but I noticed there were like five games last week where the opposing defense had no respect for the passing attack, but complete respect for the running attack. And so these teams on defense completely sold out to stop the run with varying levels of success. So if we started out with Thursday night, the Titans Packers, the Packers are a terrible run defense, but they completely sold out to stop Henry. Now Henry cashes the check for fantasy, but it's about three yards of carry. Ryan Tannehill, took advantage of that because he had single coverage everywhere and the Packers were playing soft. And so anytime they had a step, Tannehill was making every throw. So we saw in a game where Henry was the featured fantasy guy, it was Tannehill who cashed the check. That was a big deal. And then it goes into Sunday, the Bills and the Browns. The Bills go to take out Nick Chubb, have a lot of success. Jacoby Brissett throws for three touchdowns or four touchdowns, maybe even the three at least, and 300-something yards. Yeah, three. So we have that. And then the Eagles and Colts. We saw the Eagles having struggles on the ground, but they were successful. They lined up to stop Jonathan Taylor, 28 carries for like 84 yards, something like that, and are somewhere in that area. And anyway, the passing game didn't get going. The Eagles pulled this game off. So we just keep going through. There's just a couple more instances. The Giants. 
The Giants had Saquon Barkley taken out for the second time in three weeks, and Daniel Jones couldn't overcome that. The Lions win. So this is what we're talking about. And we're seeing this on DFS, your contrarian play is when you're taking that chance, you're saying, okay, I see the running back in a beautiful matchup. But if you see that the defense against the pass can be taken advantage of, they lose a body to commit to the run. That's where you have your contrarian flip. That's where you play your Ryan Tannehill and the receiver, or you play your Jacoby Brissett and you fade the running back. And I just thought that, that was really interesting to watch. Yeah, like Traylon Burks had a big, big day against the Packers. And I've been trying to trade for him for like five weeks against a guy in our league. And, ah, no, I'm going to hold out. And I even offered him Kittle. And then, of course, Burks has his big day. He goes, I guess his uh, value went up. And then, obviously, Kittle has a big Monday. And we're both looking at each other. I'm like, what should we do? What should I do here? So, I mean, I want him long-term. Kittle, I could care less about. But, um, I mean, go figure. Jim, do you think this is a, a trend that we might see like beyond this this week, this season kind of thing? I think I was listening, I, I want to say it was like some podcast I was listening to where the rate of pass right now is like at an all-time low in like the last like 35 years or something like that. Are teams starting to see like that you're just gonna get gouged and gouged and gouged and the other team like i almost want to blame like the 2019 ravens is like the starting point of like you control the clock for like 43 minutes and just pound the rock pound the rock pound the rock in this pass happy league now it, it hasn't worked out all the time but i mean they went on like a historic run and they've been a historic run team ever since i'm just wondering like do you think that's going to continue on where teams are like, we need to start going old school, stop the run first, and we will let them beat us with their arms. It's a continual chess match. We're going to see back and forth. Last year, the defenses in the league made a decision. Explosive pass rates were becoming very high. And defense's solution to that was to go back to the two high safeties of the Lovey Smith early Rams era. They went to that. By putting the shell, they said, you're not beating us with explosives. And against players like Jamar Chase, other Tyreek Hill, we're seeing mostly zone. We're seeing mostly people over the top and then saying, all right, beat us underneath. We're going to give you that. Teams don't want to lose on 60, 80-yard plays. They're willing to give you the run frequently. And offenses mostly were unwilling to be that committed to the run. Obviously, the Ravens are a team that did embrace that. But you defend the Ravens differently. When you play the Ravens, you're not playing a too high shell on them anyway because you know that that's not their MO. But now the other thing is teams drafted personnel to deal with the flavor of the day. And we're starting to have issues because they're not getting – the big defenders, they were getting more quick defenders to deal with the passing game. So right now we have too many small defenders in the back of the defense. And so when teams run, they're at a heavy advantage. So ultimately, though, teams want to pass the ball. That's where they want to get to. They want to try to put the defenses back in a spot where they're giving the pass. I don't think it's going back. Teams are going to have success for a while running because defenses don't mind if you have a 15 18 play drive there'll be a holding call there'll be a fumble there'll be an incomplete pass at the wrong time they're willing to give you that but on the fast long quick drives the margin for error it changes completely does that make sense oh man i couldn't think of like a better 
explanation right now than thinking about Cleveland drafting JOK to, to, to spy Lamar Jackson. And they're getting beat up on the run right now. And they have smaller linebackers like JOK and Sione Takitaki that are really good in pass coverage. But if nobody's passing the ball in the slot, you're getting run all over. And it's happening over and over again. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely this continued chess match. If you're going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then you're going to do something completely different. And the better teams obviously just find ways to capitalize. Do you think Patrick Mahomes? I'm sorry. You think I was just going to say, do you think you're going to see teams uh, draft differently than in the next like two years based on that? And I mean, is I mean, I, I would assume obviously, but then how does that affect? Like, I guess it's cyclical, right? Like we go through, we go through, you know, half a decade where it's run heavy, and then all of a sudden the receivers are the stars, and then you know it, it goes in a wave. So I guess that's you know, unless you want to be one of the outliers and you try to do both, I suppose, and you draft, you know, maybe more just based on defense or maybe your team that just drafts based on offense. So, you know, and a lot of times the players coming up the pike through the college system, a lot of those trends are the passing type trend. So a lot of times players, if the coaches are preparing them for the NFL, they're preparing them for what the version at that time was. There may not be a plethora of players of the size and physical type that they need right now. And if this going to be an issue, I think it's going to be a problem for a while. Um, again, I want to go back to the point, though. Typically, defenses are okay with you winning with the run because those aren't Super Bowl winning teams. It's Patrick Mahomes. It's Josh Allen. It doesn't matter what the defense is because they're so ridiculously talented. They're going to beat whatever your defense throws at you. you throw the too high shell. We're going to beat you otherwise. Uh, the Kyle Shanahan tree. We're going to go over to Miami with that now. These offenses are going to have ways to beat you. But ultimately, these heavy run teams, they're probably not winning a Super Bowl. No, probably not. Um, let's get into our next segment. I'm sure – we're going to let Jim recharge so that he can just spew amazing knowledge um, by the time we have our next thing to say. Next up, our good buddy Taylor Lewan and Sneaky Starts. And again, I say it because it's sneaky because he's so big. That's that's Taylor Lewan. That's, that's the joke. That's the joke. Uh, Ted, who is your Sneaky Start this week? Is that it? I don't even think that's sneaky. I'm just reading it right now. But what well, I think that's I think that's part of the thing, right? I think we're 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 in the mode now where you know all the bye weeks are. Are, are wrapped up your rosters should be like full you're not just going and plunking anybody who's in the playoffs is not just going and plunking guys off a of free agency to start and and have a good week right i mean we're talking about giving information to to teams that are pushing towards the playoffs and trying to to to, to battle for positions so this isn't a sneaky start but this is a guy that you should have on your roster and to be honest i have to name this guy as a sneaky start because can someone please explain to me why Traylon burks is available in 60 percent of leagues still Pardon like, me. This might not sound like a sneaky spark, but 60% of leagues, guys, this guy is out there. He's only being started in 12, uh, 12% of leagues. So I've been trying I, since the draft to reacquire this guy because I couldn't draft. I literally have been spending since day one and I can't get him off him. And I've been getting stupider and stupider with my trade offers because <laughs> I just think like this is a guy that will blow up and I'm going to be so pissed that I didn't offer enough and like sell the farm. But yeah, yeah and, and I get it. I get why people maybe have only started him in 12 percent. Like, hey, I want, you know, something to go on before I start him or whatever. But mm -hmm. I mean, guys, this is Tennessee. There's a non-existing passing attack there. Uh, they drafted this guy, obviously, to be a number one. He has the pedigree to warrant it. They're forcing him in there. You can see the target share 
um, over the last like two, three weeks or so, just skyrocketing up. And this is a guy that can just be used all over the field, right? You can use him short and underneath. You can use him on lawn and slants. Like there's, he's so versatile and he's such a big body and such a good receiver that I just don't see him not being successful in these offense. And you have a guy like Tannehill is a veteran. He understands what to do with him and how to use him. So I just think if he's on your roster, now's the time to be inserting him into your lineups. He should be on your roster by now. And I don't care if it doesn't seem like his sneaky start. We're at the point now where you shouldn't be in this position where you're picking up a guy like Trey Allen Bricks on, off the, the, the waivers. He should be in there and you should be starting him. I know what it is. I know what it is. And Jim knows too. It's the Kenny Britt syndrome. Everybody's just been burnt by Kenny Britt, and they're like, I'm not going to go back to that well again. That's not for me. I mean, there when you go. look at that matchup on paper, though, so uh, the, the guy that I was playing who was formerly one in nine in our league and somehow beat me this week. Um, there, Nick, there's your shout out for beating he wanted. Me. He wanted that bad, too. He wanted, he wanted that, that bad. Yeah, Nick no needed that. No screenshots, though. I actually thought he was a little crazy for starting Traylon Burks, not because I don't think he's talented. I think he's supremely talented. I think they don't have many other weapons. It's just when they're going to Lambeau Field and you're thinking about the cold weather, you're thinking about he's just kind of getting reintegrated back into the offense. And we didn't know what Green Bay was going to do with Jair Alexander. Like I, I don't feel comfortable usually starting wide receivers against Jair because you know, I, I don't care if you know, what's Traylon Burks like 6'2", 225 or something like that. Big boy. But Jair is one of the bigger corners in the league who can withstand those big wide receivers. That's why he's been feasting on wide receivers his whole career. So I thought he was a little crazy for starting him. He won the week. So clearly I didn't know what I was talking about. You know what? And uh, Jim, I know you have something to say. And I just want to praise you for a second. <laughs> I was that close to taking the Packers last week. I had them originally picked going into Lambeau. And then I watched, I can't remember what clip you had last week. Yes. And I immediately went after I watched, I think it was one of your live shows. And I took the white out and I put it over Green Bay. <laughs> yes. And I went over to Tennessee. And I was so happy when I saw the way that game went. And I was like, there's only one person that I can thank. And it's the guy on our show right now, Mr. Jim Coventry. Oh, yeah. That was one of those games. I was like, you know what? Tennessee is a very, very physical team on both sides of the ball. And people saw that Green Bay versus Dallas game. And what people didn't realize, remember when um, Christian Watson went nuts for all those touchdowns? Well, I'll tell you why that happened. And I don't know that many people saw what happened. Anthony Brown, one of the cornerbacks, got a concussion and he went out. Jordan Lewis, the slot corner, was already out on the IR. So they were down two corners. And then the biggest deal, which went totally underreported, Anthony Barr, sounds like no big deal. Linebackers out. Well, Dallas improperly used Micah Parsons. They took him from his pass rushing position and they put him into a coverage position for Anthony Barr. He only rushed the passer 11 times. And so, of course, Green Bay ate them alive because they're down two corners and their best pass rusher isn't rushing passer. And so now Tennessee comes in and people think, well, man, Green Bay's out there back. No, they weren't back. It was a great circumstance, right? Love that's uh, that's crazy talk. I would love to see the day when Joe Woods in Cleveland decides to put Miles Garrett in coverage or something like that. Like that would just be the end of him. So to move Micah Parsons is just lunacy. Woo! It was bad. That's that was bad. Is it like I know we were just talking about how the NFL kind of like there's always like trend followings and teams are trying to zag when other teams are trying to zig. And and Micah Parsons is like the perfect example of like 
we need a guy who is almost positionless. He's such a freak that you could probably ask him to cover some of these speedy wide receivers. And there's a good chance he can actually do it. Like Mm -hmm. you're starting to see a lot of those. I'm trying to think of the guy on uh, Arizona. Uh, Justin Simmons Mm -hmm. was another one of those. uh, I know Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. Or Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eight to 10 years ago, we called them tweeners and now we Mm -hmm. call them positionless players. It's kind of like the new flavor of the month where it's like, oh, something happened. We actually can pull Micah Parsons back. Now, I think you're still crazy for not letting Micah feast because he's so just... Because it's Micah Parsons. Because he just finds ways to win. Like, it's not like he's overpowering. It's not like he's, like, the fastest or he has the most, like, moves in a pass rush. He's just got all of them at such a ridiculous level that no one else has. So, yeah. All of these tweener guys. I mean, you're, you're basically what I'm hearing is that you're looking for the defensive version of Cordell Patterson. And probably yeah. Ask Ryan for info on that, right? But, <laughs> yeah. now, I'm going to hit I on mean, that big time. You, you know that you know that that Darnell Bing is watching today's NFL being like, damn, I was just a little too early. You know? <laughs> hey, guys, real quick on positionless football, we'll go to the offensive side of the ball. The reason I believe that the 49ers brought in Christian McCaffrey was they have Debo Samuel. Now they have McCaffrey. They are positionless players. They can be runners. They can be receivers. They can block if they need to. Kyle Juszczyk, he's obviously a fullback, but he's way more than a fullback. They use him in so many different ways. And then George Kittle, the two-way player. Uh, Brandon Ayuk only has to be Brandon Ayuk. But what Kyle Shanahan has, and he has come nowhere close to doing what he's going to do with this group, but by having these positionless players, defenses have no clue how to approach them. It's limitless, the play calls they can have, and when a defense plays a certain way, Shanahan can just completely work off of that, but this is nowhere close to a finished product. I can't wait to see this offense by the NFL playoffs. And Jimmy Garoppolo, best thing that happened to him was now – in a passing play, they simply make CMC, Christian McCaffrey, like the quick hot read. Now, instead of Jimmy Garoppolo doing something crazy, McCaffrey's somewhere in his vision, and he just gets the ball to him. Now, all of a sudden, it's a 10-yard game, 8-yard game, instead of a blown-up play. It's insane what they could do right now. Could you, a, a, could you imagine having a safety valve or a hot read that's Christian McCaffrey? <laughs> <laughs> Probably just extended his career by like three years. Man. So I was just you... watching, uh, this week because I haven't watched any San Fran stuff since McCaffrey's been there. And I, every single play I saw, I'm like, well, there's five, there's seven, there's eight. Like it didn't matter where he was. Like you have to dedicate so many defenders just to bottle him up. And like teams are going to turn to that because they're not going to want that guy to burn them for 250 all-purpose yards. And then you're going to see like the real Brandon Ayuk show up. Like that guy is going to explode. Or they let Debo explode for a few weeks, right? Like that's yes. you're right, Jim. Like you've got so many different guys that like, or maybe it's a, a week like this week, like George Kittle, right? Yes. I mean, you can let anybody run wild and you know, your, your secondary and tertiary players are like, CMC, I'm watching him like even last night. I'm just kind of watching him like, well, he hasn't been like you know, showboaty really. And I'm just thinking like that's dangerous. Like yes. when when that when the guy they go and trade a second, third, fourth, fifth for isn't 
necessarily the best player on any given week, but <laughs> he's he's there as a threat, essentially. Like he's there to make you scared. And now you have to look at everybody else. So when you do start blocking and guarding these other guys, all of a sudden that's when he gets to have his day. Like for all we know, next week he's gonna go off on another three T D week and we're gonna be like, Well, it's cause they decided to block everybody else and nobody remembered to cover them. I mean, you always want to be blocking McCaffrey, but at the same time, if there's too many weapons, I mean, geez, even Jimmy G could probably run for 10 yards or so if he needed to, if everybody yes. else is being covered. So um, you talk about limitless, though. Have you guys seen that Chris Hemsworth show on uh, National Geographic? He goes, Not and yet. Goes like, oh, man, can you imagine? Uh, throw him in this Niners office and see if he can make that. Throw in Thor and see what happens. So, uh, that, was like a, that was like a big bit for you, right? You got like the, the Chris Hemsworth, the, the limitless shutout, you, the use of the word tertiary, like, man, you're just on fire right now. I'm just, tr- I'm playing, I'm playing to uh, the audience with the English teachers in the, in the, in the room. So Steve, who's your, uh, who's your sneaky start this week? Um, mine i'm gonna go to tight ends again because i have been battling the tight end um labyrinth of unknown mysteries i can't figure it out if you don't have andrews if you don't have we're not gonna put kittle in there yet or kelsey um you're kind of rotating tight ends and who do you start i think it's time to start trusting dawson knox again uh, back-to-back weeks, he's had six targets and seven targets. That means they're looking his way. When you are scouring, looking for a person to, to add, like we were talking about, the waiver wire is going to be super thin. Um, maybe Dawson Knox is available for you, but if you have him, I think it's worth a start. I think it could be a bloodbath in Detroit for tight ends. I know the last time they played a real tight end was two weeks ago when they played the Bears and Ryan's boy Cole Komet who I started and I have him on my fantasy team uh, went off for 74 yards and two touchdowns. I think they're going to look his way and I really need them to for this week especially. No, no, yeah, no, no reason. No, <laughs> no, no reason. reason. Just, no, no, no I really need you Dawson Knox if you're listening, which I know you are. I need you, buddy. I need you for like maybe just like a quick six touchdowns. Then nothing big, nothing flashy, but like. I mean, I like I like the Buffalo idea. I think there's going to be some volume for stuff like that. I mean, I I think guys like Dawson Knox are the the dudes that are sure-handed. You want to sort of send into the mix, Um, like like mid-game. I think he's going to be target-heavy. So I think if he's available and that's the guy you have, then man, I would be all over that. You're not losing. You're not losing with the Dawson Knox team, that's for I, sure. So I have a, I have a tight end question because I think Steve's right. It's been a predicament this year for a lot of people trying to figure out the starts. So so I'm going to ask you personal fantasy advice. I have David Njoku on my roster, and I've been starting Juwan Johnson for the last like three weeks, yeah. and I've been really happy with that. There's been some great returns. I sort of found some, some free money there, so to speak. And Joku's back. I mean, there's a good history there for the, the, the start of the season and beyond. But there's also like some pretty good matchups for Juwan Johnson. Who are you starting moving forward? So I thought last week David and Joku was a bench because it was the first week back. I thought he got rushed back and his snap share was low. He actually ran. I don't have it in front of me, but he ran a low snap share in a game. And so I think they eased him back. It gets more difficult now because Juwan Johnson, his He's been like a 40 to 45-yard guy. I think his last three games, 42 to 47 yards. So he's got that base of yardage, but there's not a lot of upside. He's touchdown dependent, right? But he scored 
four touchdowns in the last three games and a good scrap plays out a little further than that. But those touchdowns aren't always sticky, right? And so that's what makes it difficult. We're, we're, we're being touchdown dependent. Whereas David and Joku had a number of games in the 70 to 90 yard range with another week. I'm not worried about opponent with him because he is not your typical tight end. He, he's like a wide receiver, right? And especially with Amari Cooper out there and Donovan Peoples-Jones has played well. So the routes that Njoku's running are ones that they could get him open on. And with the two tight end sets they run, they spring him open pretty easily, frequently. So that said, Njoku has been a star this year. And I, again, we threw last week away. I didn't want to play him, but I, I'm good this week. He's a week back. So I get him back in the lineup because I just don't think those touchdowns are going to dry up on Jawan Johnson. And then we get a four point game. And I think Njoku would act his floor. Love it. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> he's only he's only available for a short time so you better get those in um my sneaky start this week is joshua palmer he had a decent little day eight targets 10 catches 106 yards two tds love that fresh smell of j palm in the morning so i do suggest that you go and you start him this week i mean run the hot hand obviously uh you know we're, we're getting into we're getting into important weeks now in fantasy so you know, they're going to probably, I mean, he's not going to be your feature player that you're going to hang your hat on. But you know what? Trust Joshua Palmer to at least get you in the mix this week, uh, especially on a team like mine where, you know, anything and everything is welcome. Uh, we will take all scraps of, of any kind, whether they're the shiny ones or the ones that you really have to dig. So uh, Joshua Palmer is my start of the week. Let's get in. Do you believe in that start? Like, I- I've I've actually I was talking to someone about Joshua Palmer today and with Keenan Allen being back we just talked about guys coming back and you know you got a week under your belt I don't think he was the same Keenan Allen in this first week mm-hmm. um, obviously it probably is dependent on whether Mike Williams is going to be healthy going into it is he somebody you can trust like Ryan's going to start him regardless because two points on Ryan it's like that's a a bombshell coming in that's a big one uh, I'm a if I'm a <laughs> playoff contender and i trust josh palmer you know in the first five weeks of the season he was 25 yards or fewer in four of those five games he had like a 99 in there and so you're right when everybody was healthy when alan was now the game one so i should say it was really mike williams it was just he and mike williams he wasn't doing a whole lot keenan was around for a part of week one i think that was it And, and it's a good point i do think that Palmer's a good play this week. And I have a really weird angle on this one. I'll explain. So, look, Arizona's coming off a Monday night game at 7,300 feet altitude. They are going to be messed up this week. There's no way they're normal because that took a toll on their bodies. They had to be beyond gassed, the normal recovery period, and a short week. This is a game where they're going to be able to throw the ball, and I – I can't see Mike Williams playing a full role or maybe even playing at all. And so I think Palmer has been integrated. Now, remember, he's seen between eight and 12 targets in the last three games. And I know nobody else was there, but I think he's still going to see six to eight targets with no Mike Williams. And with the, the state of the Arizona defense, I think they're going to have a big passing day. So I like that call. Interesting. It's also it's pretty nice. funny. I like, know what I'm talking about here. It's I'm not just a pretty face. <laughs> Jim's going to say off the air, he's like, I really didn't like that, but I needed to make sure you looked good. So, 
imagine you signed a team up for an international series game and you're like yeah we're gonna be down in mexico and they're like sweet like it'll be like you know palm springs florida kind of idea and they get there and it's just pouring rain you're like what not what i thought not what i, I thought for this like i would rather be in arizona where there's a dome over my roof <laughs> like yeah yeah <laughs> can i add one thing i mm. this this is fun so one of my reasons of handicapped the game yesterday, and I said the 49ers would blow them out, was simple. In the week leading up to the game, 49ers went to moderate altitude to get ready. They went to Colorado, higher altitude. Mm-hmm. They prepared. What did Cliff Kingsbury do? Nothing. Normal week, stay at home. And right then, I said right there, they will not be ready for the altitude. The 49ers will at least be somewhat prepared. It was that. And I said, obviously, they're a better team. They're blowing out the Cardinals. They basically oh, called Marshawn Lynch. They're like, hey, um, where do you buy those cool masks that you always had? Your your altitude <laughs> masks. I mean, I'm joking, but it's probably half serious. So, Poor Cliff. What a noob. Ah, uh, well. You know what? He's he's got a job for now. He's doing fine. Let's uh let's finish up strong here, boys. Let's get into sleepy ads with our friend Chris, who can't be here. And just in case, here's a bonus picture of Chris sleeping on a couch. Uh Ted, who do you got for your your sleepy ad this week uh so i was really back and forth on the sleepy ad and i really wanted to to add a guy like isaiah miller or isaiah spiller sorry in 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 the playing for the chargers sorry uh i I just i thought that like initially that it would have been a good idea to sort of start securing your handcuffs that was kind of the theme we ended up going for last week but i ended up sort of adding that white out like you were saying earlier ryan and i am adding james cook for this one i think just watching him sort of do his thing uh versus cleveland every kind of everybody kind of does their thing versus cleveland against the run that's not a big deal but we're sort of remembering the fact that um he's going to be in a short work week here they're playing this thursday again it's going to be a quick turnaround i feel like the bills are going to be in like health management mode here so that's not just Allen, right that's a little bit of everybody i mean that's sharing the workload um between him and singletary who didn't look bad in this game at all looked really good but i think he's going to keep you know, finding himself a role on this one. I think he's proven that when he gets uh, when he gets the ball, he balls out and, and looks good doing it. I think he's got um, some decent yards after contacts uh, numbers and some miss rates. So uh, the cool thing about this one is in terms of the sleepy ad is that he's going to be available in like 76% of the leagues that you're playing in right now, which is just staggering if you're talking to me about a guy that could potentially just take over and be a number one back should anything happen either. Um, so my sneaky, sorry, sleepy ad for this week is, is going to be James Cook. So running back Buffalo Bills. I like Cook. I liked him earlier this year. So it's we're going to go micro macro kind of thing. So I, uh, if we're looking macro, like think of it as a, or a micro as a season. So eight weeks ago, I really liked James Cook. So now, about now is the time you should be adding him before going on Ryan's mentality. Uh, Steve, who is your ad this week? Um, I am going to the injury you know, reserve pop place and I'm taking Jamison Williams. I drafted him. You guys know I'm a big Bama fan. I know what this dude can do. He is pretty much like a Jalen Waddle clone. I think maybe he's even a little better. I think his uh, ceiling could be more explosive than Jalen Waddle. Chris actually told you guys to all add this guy in week two. Some of you listened. A lot of you didn't. Um, he's still available in almost 60% of sleeper leagues. Uh, he's owned in just 22% of Yahoo leagues, which to me is absolutely wild. Like I know he's been injured the whole time, but 
people, what are you doing? It's called stashing. You pick a guy up, you throw him on your IR. Don't keep a guy like Zach Ertz on your IR. You don't need him for this year. You're, if you're in a keeper league or a dynasty league, you're not keeping him anyways. Use it for somebody who could absolutely explode. Um, I actually wrote this before the news that he was possibly playing on Thursday. I, I have in the notes here, he's looking like he might come back after Thanksgiving. I might have gotten an early Christmas present here because I have been trying to shop him to find a useful player for this year. Lo and behold, I didn't even know I had him just sitting on my roster, just waiting to dominate the rest of you idiots. Um, is going to be your championship winning player when he hits the field and he is paired next uh, opposite Amon Ross St. Brown. These dudes are going to feast. It's going to be the new Jefferson Thielen, whatever combination you want to add out there. Jameson Williams is a fantasy football winner right now, and you idiots let me keep him when I tried giving to you for bargain bin shopping prices. Shame on all of you. Maybe you're healing from that trade finally. We've been joking about the Cooper Cup, uh, Melvin Gordon trade. Um, Jim, you don't need to weigh in on that. I'd appreciate that you keep the obviousness of it. Um, today was an interesting day, as we all saw. Um, but uh, Steve and I have been joking that maybe our trade actually broke fantasy football as a whole because only bad things happened after that. So maybe the world is healing. Maybe football is healing with uh with an ad like uh with an ad like Jameson Williams. So I'm gonna get into mine here quickly and then uh, we'll... I, I wanna I wanna hear before I like I might have a couple hours of like left of the trade deadline here. Is Jameson Williams a guy that is going to provide instant returns for fantasy football owners or is it going to take him three, four, five, or is he not even gonna be ready for like relevancy this year? What do you think? My expectation would be no. He hasn't had the integration, the practice time. He's been recovering. He's been rehabbing. My guess is even at training camp, whatever he did, it wasn't part of the fundamental install of the offense. And, and there's a timing. And, and, and still, Jared Goff, in terms of a downfield game, that's really not his thing either. And it's going to be really hard to integrate him in at that point. I think it's, not, it's more of a next year thing. But could there be a splash game? Of course, there could be. There definitely could be. And Ryan, when you're done, if I if you want me to give you one sleepy ad, when you're done, I could give you one. Oh, well. absolutely! Like Jim, we we're not going to ask, but if you want to give one to us, we're not going to say no. Um, so my ad this week is Austin Hooper, ten percent uh, owned, three percent rostered. Titans offense is starting to go up, 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 up. Um, Tennessee is facing between the tenth and twentieth ranked tight end defenses to end the season aside from the Cowboys, obviously. Um, I mean, aerial yards, let's start looking at it. We've been talking about it in tight ends. We've seen a trend this season. So, you know, get in again. I'm not telling you to start them, but definitely stash them at the very least. And, uh, you know, if things get a little dicey and you need to add somebody in on on your run to, through the playoffs or in the playoffs or in the final, maybe not the final, but uh, go and add Austin Hooper. I mean, the worst case thing is you're going to be my team and you just miss the playoffs altogether. So, um, Jim, you obviously you get you get last words here. You you can you can say whatever you need to say. You can. This is one more one more vehicle for you to get knowledge to the listeners, the viewers. Have at her. Teddy, got a question? So, can I get you to add one one answered question into your 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 of last raw here? Every I, time. I, I, 
I've, I've just seen in a lot of leagues that I'm working, Deshaun Watson's name's all over the place. What what can people expect from starting a guy like Deshaun Watson moving forward? Is he going to be, you know, a good fantasy player? Is he going to be a good quarterback? Like, is is it going to take a little while? I mean, obviously, I, I think that the, the Browns season is pretty close to done here. But what can people expect from a guy like Deshaun in that offense? We saw him in the preseason, and he looked really rusty. He looked like he was a guy who hadn't played in a long time. Now – He's been with the team. Is he going to come in hot? It's possible. But there's that uncertainty. My guess is if it's just rust, it could get knocked off pretty quickly. The first game back could be a little dicey. But my guess is, especially if they're out of it, they want to see what they've got here. And they're going to want to throw the ball. And they could be a really dangerous offense because defenses still have to come in stopping the run because of that offensive line, Nick Chubb and the heavy personnel formations they use. So I do think maybe the first game, not so much, but I have a feeling with the weapons he has and the running game and the play action, and play action is going to be a killer for Watson. So I think ultimately he is going to be a high-ceiling player. Dang. Yeah, no, I appreciate the insight. No, not, but. Oh, well. Oh, well. Who's, who's your ad, Jim? So and I mean, if you got a start, too, we'll let you th- we'll throw one of those in, too. You're, you're going to need this player for a couple of weeks from now, but we all need running backs. We know how this works, right? Well, so Latavius Murray takes over the lead job today. Well, guess what? He's been toast for two years. He's washed out of the league twice. He has 3.3 yards per carry. He is not keeping his job for long, but who's taking it over? Not going to be Marlon Mack. He's on his third team of the year. So clearly teams didn't see anything in him. Chase Edmonds busted up his ankle. He's going to be out. Who's left? Oh, wait. Next week, Mike Boone's coming off the IR. Mike <laughs> Boone is a dynamic player who just hasn't had an opportunity. And with Murray being so bad, they're going to have to get the explosive guy in the field and give him a shot. They brought him in on purpose last year. It was a purpose. Ad. They added him very early in free agency. And then they signed Javante Williams. And so that went away. And then this year, Williams was back. So it never, and then Boone, as soon as he got in and got into the mix, he got hurt right away. So this is a guy that has exceedingly fast speed. He has elusiveness. He can be using the screen game. He might not get 20 carries a game, but he could get 12 to 15. And he could turn into something if you need depth at running back. Now he could wash out too. We understand that. But at this point, a speculative ad, he has upside. Added. That that see guys that is a true sleepy. That's ad. the sleeper. Yeah, he's on the IR right now. We all forgot who the extra guy was. Like I saw Ryan go and grab his phone with his eyes, and he was like <laughs> making a note. He's like, "Oh my gosh, how many fat bucks do I have in all of my leagues?" Like, I want to make it look like not I'm true. Like, not like, true, not true, you guys. That's you not didn't, true because I did. That's not true. I, my my brother-in-law was asking a question. I added him on my laptop. Just yeah, so my brother-in-law was asking a question. I have no idea how he got on my no, roster. I, added, I told you, I added him on my laptop. So you didn't add him from my phone. Full disclosure. So that's uh, thank you, Jim. I appreciate that. It's the reason why you are not winning fantasy football. Because while Ted and I are like frantically making a claim, the second he said a name, Ryan's like, it's like oh. my... And I'm like listening for all the syllables. Mike, boo, boo. No, first name that comes up. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah, exactly. That that makes. Uh, did you have a start, Jim? 
I actually, you know what? I'm still Tuesday mode. I'm still kind of in look back mode because a lot of my work is Wednesdays turn. Now I did go to Thursdays. I did like break down Thursdays game because I got to do a, a big stream at, at noon Eastern or noon Central tomorrow. But I haven't really gotten in depth into the Sunday games just that's because okay. of the work I have to do early in the week. You know what? You're you got a heavy schedule, so that's fine. We're gonna. You gave us more than personally me um more more than we could have asked for so um you guys this has been ryan. Um, yeah ryan, can i have one more in there ryan no we got a, we got a okay. listener question that i that i screened oh, did I so I didn't forget um so this comes from actually another guy in our fantasy football league he has kind of like a two-part here he's wondering if he should start cole Komet or dalton schultz this week and the second part is, would you consider putting in DJ Moore, seeing that Sam Darnold is back this week? I think we can all answer that, but it is his question. <laughs> no, that's good. So first of all, Dalton Schultz has a really high floor, and Dak Prescott always looks for him because basically when teams play zone, which Dallas frequently sees, Schultz is so good about finding the spot, and Prescott just goes there. So he's like a lock for four to seven catches. Komet has a floor. He's been really touchdown dependent. Going into last week, he had five touchdowns on his prior 11 catches. So that's like, you know, 45%. And so it's not sticky. And if Fields is limited with the shoulder and he and they're not going to run him, or if Fields doesn't play, all of a sudden Komet lose a lot of luster for this week. So I just think you go with the safe layup on Thursday and you go with Dalton Schultz. Now the second question was about DJ. I want to pull up my notes here because I was writing something about receivers. I'm going to put this in my, I do these threads every week. You guys probably see them, but mm -hmm. um, they're the amazing. Threads, thank you. In the thread, I'm going to point this out in the last three games, DJ Moore has 77 yards. Shy Smith has 63, same team, 14 yards, but Terrace Marshall has 172. DJ Moore has been less than 30 yards in three straight games. And obviously Sam Darnold's not the answer, but, but that's how bad it's gotten. It's that Terrace Marshall has five and a half times the yardage that DJ Moore has in the last three games. That's another Chris sneaky ad, sneaky start too. So yeah, he, he was actually trying to shot me Terrace Marshall, but in my defense, like it was like, Oh, do I give up Terrace Marshall for like, jerry judy or justin uh, jefferson like yeah. i don't know if i i can't go that off the board for a playoff run is it because teams know that carolina can only throw the ball to dj more like they don't really have i think the ravens kind of broke their team for the rest of the year like uh foreman was just going nuts on people and they just like you said they sold out to stop that guy and they were not going to let him break them. Yeah. And it, we, I mean, it is Baker Mayfield, but we saw like they cannot pass the ball to save their lives. Like are, are they just, our defense is just taking away DJ more completely and saying, do whatever you want elsewhere. Like you're not going to run the ball on us. You're definitely not letting DJ more go crazy. You can have like shy Smith. Sure. That's fine. Like, <laughs> So two two parts of the answer. I want to answer the, about the Foreman part. I told people to bench Foreman last week, and I love Foreman. He's a great player. But the first thing I saw was Baltimore was playing them. Oh, wait, Baltimore. They played Baker Mayfield twice a year for, like, forever. They knew every negative 
all the negative tendencies. So it was like, okay, so they can not only stop the run, but they could push Mayfield into some stupid stuff, which was going to be easy. So Foreman, yeah. unfortunately, was an easy bench last week. But to your DJ Moore question, I don't see defenses doing anything crazy to take him away. I don't. Mm-hmm. And it basically, because he runs a lot of underneath stuff. Occasionally, he runs a downfield route. Terrace Marshall's been successful because he's primarily a boundary receiver. He's running the same types of routes. I get smaller corners. He's a bigger receiver. And whatever they're doing from a coaching standpoint, they're willing to have whichever quarterback's in throw the ball up the sideline. And Marshall can make plays on those, even if the ball's a little off target. Whereas when we're facing zone defenses, that's where DJ Moore is running. DJ Moore is running into the area of the zone. And one of the keys to this year, why a lot of offenses have struggled, zones used to do a lot of movement before the snap with the offensive movement. They would tip their hand. The quarterbacks have a lot of pre-snap information. They would know what's going on. This year, defenses are much more disciplined. These defenders are not moving until the snap. And then they're making their move. And the quarterbacks aren't processing it. And a lot of the stuff in the middle of the field that was there and easy, it's not. DJ Moore is struggling because his quarterbacks can't read what the zone has because of the lack of pre-snap information. Are you also a little curious of like, I, I mean, I know, I know it's Carolina and they've been struggling for years and the, the, the offense ran through Christian McCaffrey for forever. And we know that. Um, I remember watching a lot of Terrace Marshall Jr. at LSU, you know, playing Bama a lot. Um, he was a freak of nature. Like his catch radius was like Mike mm-hmm. Evans. Like it it mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of Mike Evans, you know, just Johnny Manziel chucking the ball up to him and be like, thanks, Mike. Like, thanks for making me a first round pick, even though I'm not a good football player. <laughs> um, is there a reason why they have not utilized this guy? And just all of a sudden lately, he's become you know, a a go-to target for some strange reason, even though they can't pass the ball? They were asking him to run routes that were not clearly in his skill set last year. Basically, he's your boundary X receiver. You run him down the sideline. You can run him on some basic in-breakers, but you don't want to run a diver's route tree with him, especially like like there's a rookie. He wasn't ready for it. His game wasn't developed. It may be developing to that point, but a lot of times rookies, it takes a while to develop a route tree. And so they were asking to do too much. The game was clearly overwhelming to him and he just got lost in it. He got completely lost in the shuffle this year. They've simplified it for him and it's going to allow him to be able to make those growth steps. You get good at the first step. Now we build on that in the off season. So I think Terrace Marshall is a strong work in progress with a good ceiling for the future. I just think he was completely mismanaged by a bad franchise last year. Hmm. Fair. Jim, we're going to let you go. You've been more than generous with your time. Thank you so much for coming by. Obviously, good luck on Thanksgiving, and hopefully your draft was uh, was as prosperous as you hoped it would be. Um, thank you for all the knowledge that you've given us and obviously our listeners, our viewers. We take a lot from uh, what you've been able to give us. I think the nice thing is that you approach it in a football sense and not a fantasy sense, and the fantasy kind of comes second. So we kind of understand the game a little bit more, and we can apply it uh, in the fantasy way that we've been doing. So um, again, thanks for coming by. You, you know, this is your your third go um, on that helps no one, and I mean you're you're practically a veteran. So if you know if the whole serious thing doesn't work out, oh, the wire. <laughs> 
we'll, we'll maybe, I mean, it's a non-paid position, unfortunately. So we're going to, you're going to have to do free, literal freelance um, over here. But uh, no, we do appreciate it. Uh, uh, guys, any final words for Jim? Yeah, no, just, just, just thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, again, really appreciate your time. Follow you uh, to get the, the, the advice that we need to make our weeks work week to week. So yeah, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me on. Happy not, holidays. Not a problem. So, uh, Steve, Steve, did you have any final words? No, just, yeah, thanks again. I One of my favorite people to follow on Twitter. Uh, I love the time we get to, to chat here. I know I've been picking your brain throughout the year. Uh, you guys definitely need to follow him. Follow his shows um, every Sunday morning without fail. I'm watching them. Super informative. It makes me seem smarter than I am with football, and I can roast ryan about how stupid he is when that's easy though that's easy that comes from jim appreciate your time man thanks guys there you go so on behalf of our our boys from from the normal version of that helps no one and our very special guest jim coventry um you guys good luck this week in fantasy hopefully things go well and obviously for my team i'm just hoping to scrape my way in see you later guys hi i'm logan anderson host of the say the damn score podcast on my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.